It's about to get real. Let's join Deaconess in Training, Sister Allison Russell, and Eternal Choice Betrayal. Good evening, church. First of all, giving thanks to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to our covering, Bishop Jacqueline McCullough, the Bathrother family, and the Bathrother Alliance, to our pastor, Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman, church elders, executives, ordained reverends, deacons, and of course, the Swim family here and abroad, extending daily in the UK, Africa, India, and Pakistan. As the ministry grows, it continues to prove our God is an awesome God, not limited to just here in the island of Bermuda. To all my friends, family here on Zoom, YouTube, and Facebook, I pray that something I say that is given to me from the word of the Lord will touch your heart. He that hath an ear, let him listen. And my sermon tonight comes from you, the topic, an eternal choice, betrayal. My introduction, eternal is just that, eternal. Some choices cannot be undone. They can leave lasting scars on those who are the focus of the choice and finally the betrayal. Jesus had his disciples. They were, as we would say today, his boys, his crew, his brethren, trusted friends. So what does one do when betrayed? Do you retaliate? Do you let it take your peace? Often I remind myself, so let me remind you, what would Jesus do? Betrayal is around us all day and is not limited to family and friends. The saddest part is that some choices have eternal consequences. Fortunately, not all consequences are bad. The word eternal, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, eternal, lasting forever, for a very long time. His love is eternal. I sat in the doctor's office for what seemed like an eternity. My master, to shout out to my doctor right here, Dr. Dillon, because the last time I went, either I was first or he was just one time. Okay, so again, when I think about eternal, I think about like this song, always and forever. Just think about that song by Heat Wave. No pun intended, Heat Wave. Switch it up a little. Like this is a really good love song in which the way our love should be for our Lord and Savior. Think about it. Always and forever. Each moment with you. It's just like a dream to me that somehow came true. And I know tomorrow will be the same because we've got a life of love that will never change. And every day, love me your own special way, melt all my heart away with a smile. Take time to tell me that you really care and we'll share tomorrow together. When I think about this song, I think about the fact that that's how it's going to be in eternity. Every time you see Jesus, you're going to smile. I mean, I almost feel like most of, we you know, most people who became groups back in the day, they actually started in the church. So I feel like these love songs were actually written to God. And then they just went, you know, and said, oh, well, we'll go, um, we'll take it to the world. And it worked. It really worked. 
So, but for those who are married on this platform that I'm speaking tonight, there will be no husbands and wives in heaven. Nope, none of that in heaven. So we can all pull it back in right now because you're going to enjoy it now because heaven, we always and forever will be with God. Church, friends, family. All day, every day, we must make choices. When we wake up in the morning, we must decide what to wear to work. Bath first or prepare breakfast. Do a little cleaning before or after work. We even make choices as to the mood we will be in at work for the day. Every choice we make will have a direct impact on our daily life and those around us. Decisions we make today will affect our tomorrows. There's a trickle-down effect to friends, family, and colleagues. Now let us look at how choice will have a direct effect on our eternal home. Fortunately for us here, we are still around to understand that choices have consequences. So let us look a little deeper as we look at the following three points. Point number one, choices, betrayal. Point number two, choices, consequences. Point number three, choices, eternal destiny. Point number one, choices, betrayal. Verse three states, then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. In other words, they weren't trying to hear it. The definition of betrayal, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is betraying one's country, a group, or a person, treachery, betrayal by the king's daughter. And who's the king of kings? Jesus. So this is the ultimate betrayal. It also gives you synonyms. Disloyalty, treachery, faithlessness, falseness. The big one, the Judas kiss, double cross, sallow. It's a long list. But imagine that Judas made a descriptive list. That alone speaks volumes. And by the way, church and friends, I received confirmation of this chosen sermon for me. Well, I had today, but that was last Monday on October the 22nd. The daily broadcast by Dr. David Jeremiah spoke about betrayal. One sentence truly resonated with me. Only those in your circle can betray you. So I ran online and I said, well, let me see what I could find. So I found there were two particular ones I liked about betrayal in your circles. When my circle got smaller, my vision got clearer. There's strength in loyalty, not numbers. So you need to think about your circles. And then the second one that I found was know your circle. Make sure that everybody in your boat is rowing and not drilling holes when you're not looking. Now, that pertains to God's house and out of God's house because, you know, people have issues following the leader. So you have to understand 
why the circle actually has to be small. So take us back. As we reflect on this period, we know Judas made a choice to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Wow. Betrayed for money. That certainly hits home, as betrayal for money is the norm. Norm now, and it started back then. Think about it. Money betrayals, yesterday, today, and many more tomorrow. Families fight never hands. Well, what's the first response? Well, buy me out. I can testify to this personally with my dad. I went through this. And even before I was in the church, I recognized that I had to forgive people because if not, we wouldn't have been blessed with your hand. But this is what families go through day in, day out. We see derelict houses in Bermuda, and that is the problem. It's betrayal, family betrayal. Somebody has and somebody wants more instead of just being happy with what you have. Then we might have a couple divorcing. What gives the most satisfaction? A money payout. Oh, I got to have more. They could have billions and they want a billion more, knowing that they couldn't even spend it in this lifetime. Game shows. People will take money over friendships. I know we've all seen the um, game show Survivor. That is cutthroat betrayal straight down to who wins the money. Then you may get large money rewards. People will turn their friends in. And if it was no money involved, they would look the other way. And then the Lord reminded me, the most important betrayal actually happens in church. Because although we should be setting the example, when people can't take discipline or they don't get their own way, they tend to betray, if they can, the leader, especially if they've been in the circle, which they will have to answer to. So we have to understand that we also have to accept the example in church and understanding that nobody's perfect. It's a daily walk. However, betrayal, betrayal is just that. It's the Judas kiss. The saddest part, just like Judas regretted his decision to betray Jesus, most people also regret decisions to allow money to sway their minds. And usually by that time, it's too late. The deed is done. The Judas betrayal cannot be topped because it led to our savior being crucified for our sins. The ironic part is that if Judas had not committed suicide, he could have had this grievous sin forgiven because the ultimate consequence of Jesus dying on the cross was that all of us had our past, present, and future sins hung upon that cross. So this betrayal, had the most positive consequence ever. Our sins are forgiven. If only Judas had made a different choice after his betrayal, what if? Just keep in mind, once you make a choice to betray someone and you take payment of any sort for it, it is highly unlikely that you can take it back. And I'm talking about the money. Judas tried but it was too late. And that takes me to point number two, choices, consequences. And verse five tells us, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver 
pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them a potter's field to buy strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. As the passage of scripture tells us, Judas threw down the money, left, and hung himself. That is just tragic. The consequences of this choice which Judas made to betray Jesus led to his death by choice, suicide. Don't let a bad choice be the death of you. That goes for saints as well as the sinner. Sin is sin. Do not allow a betrayal to lead you to your death, which takes us to Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can you imagine, as stated by Superintendent during ETCN on September the 29th, 2022, that she had read earlier in that day that every 14 minutes, someone in the U.S. commits suicide. Those persons have chosen a consequence that the eternal life for them is hell. Few will find a moment to repent as if they had changed their mind suddenly because at the same time, their body is in flight or fight mode. Having taken a course in psychology in college regarding fight or flight mode, most likely you do not have enough time to consider changing your mind when your body is fighting to live. To understand a little better, let's look at the fight or flight response and the resulting symptom. So your mind and body is on high alert, watching out for danger. You have a sense of danger, your result is a sense of danger, impending doom, agitation, and uneasiness. If your breathing starts to be rapid, it helps to divert blood to vital organs. Then you start to feel dizzy, lightheaded, and then you might start to hyperventilate. Okay, then you've got tunnel vision, so your peripheral vision is diminished so that the sight of, is centrally focused on any danger, meaning you're like this, you're looking for the danger. Pupils of the eyes widen in more light. So now you got eye strain, the fear of going blind, you got blurred spots, sensitivity to light. Big, your adrenaline starts to increase, heart start racing. So it's sending the blood to major muscle groups to prepare for action. But these symptoms, the rapid heartbeat, the palpitations, the flutters, the feeling of skipped on beats, your tight chestness, your choking sensation, we're in all this, does anybody have time to repent? I, I doubt it. I mean, I know when I'm nervous and my stomach hurts, the last thing I'm probably thinking about is, oh, Lord, please save me. No. Again, this sermon, this was not my topic, but God shared me something. And he said, that other scripture, you're not going to use that. And I kept, things kept happening. The Dr. David Jeremiah and then I was going to the car. I don't know if it was, it might've been Thursday. And my neighbor's pit bull was loose and I didn't even hear him following me. And I turned around and there he was. And I said, what are you doing out of your yard? He looked at me and I said, go back up the steps. And he went back up the steps. 
And when he got to the top of his yard, I said, now go on the back of your yard. And he went. Now, my daughter Shantae was chased by the same dog. This is not a pit bull that likes people. But because I am covered by the blood, this dog took, I mean, this had to be a, a Peter Walkney water. I was calm, cool as a cucumber. And this dog did exactly what I said. And then, of course, I shouted out to my neighbor because the children would not come outside. But just imagine had that dog attacked me. Would I have had time to say, oh, Lord, if I'm a sinner, let me repent? No, because I would have been fighting for my life. But prayers be to God that he had me and he had me because he knew I was about to preach this sermon. So as the Bible tells us, the only person who arose from the dead without the help of Jesus after the death was Jesus and his blood alone was shed for our sins. So if you are a sinner or have backslidden, I implore you to ask for forgiveness before choosing a deadly consequence. Mm -hmm. And after this deadly choice by Judas, those who provided him with the money in the first instance, mm -hmm. the chief priests now want to wash their hands of their guilt as well. But guess what? Blood money is just that, blood money. It's mafia money, it's murder for hire. In modern day, you would possibly get tried in court as a, and I'm saying possibly because Bermuda is special. Nowadays, nobody's gonna get, nobody's an accomplished and nobody ain't guilty by, ain't getting guilty by association no more. Because unless you are in some circles, they are modern day chief priests and get away with crimes that come with a price, they come with your soul. And we all know that there are secret societies in Bermuda. We know that Masons, yeah. look, we need to be honest. If you have to keep a secret and it's a deadly secret, you will answer for that secret. So many people today, even today, accept funds from a crime and then try to clean the funds right. by giving to charity or performing another good deed to try to hide the sin. Let me remind everyone here watching on Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're going to watch this, God sees all and knows all. You may think you're getting away of your part you played in the betrayal, but you are not. Unless you repent and ask for forgiveness, you are just as guilty as Judas. So we continue. The priests were really trying hard to keep their hands clean. They bought a piece of land, the potter's field, to bury Judas and other lowly criminals. They really wanted to distance themselves from the role they played in the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. A potter's field, a pauper's grave, or a common grave is a place for the burial of the unknown, unclaimed, or indigent people. Can you imagine? And Judas weren't even poor at one point, but guess what? He was poor when he died because he did not have the love of our Lord and Savior. Just give you a little extra on a potter's field. The meaning, referring to Alkadama, the meaning field of blood in Aramaic, right? Stated to have been purchased after Judas Iscariot's suicide by the high priest of Jerusalem. Also, prior to Alkadama's use for burial run, it had been the site where potters collected highly quality deeply red clay 
for the production of ceramics, thus the name the potter's field. No coincidence in the meaning. This was a blood crime, but this blood crime ended up being a blood victory as the repentance is through the blood of the lamb, our savior, Jesus Christ, which will lead to eternal life. What these priests meant for death only led to the victory and salvation for all. And not just Jews, but now us Gentiles too. We were grafted in through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A field with clay as rich and red as the blood of Jesus, the redder the soil, the better the harvest. Jesus has perfectly red blood. Let us sow the seeds in his blood soil for a bountiful harvest of sinners coming home. Huh, damn, God shared me something again. He shared me this yesterday. Pastor had a staff meeting. And we were talking about Kenya and the rich soil. Well, we support an orphanage and they are poor, not even poor, P-O, because they're not going to finish that word. Think about it. They have red, rich soil. We are sowing seeds in Kenya and we are reaping the harvest. They are being saved in Kenya. If we cannot get them in Bermuda, we'll get them in Kenya. But we are the children who love the fellowship of God. So that is our rich, red soil. I was like, I okay, God does not make mistakes. When he says preach out of a text, he means preach out of a text. So that was yesterday's um, aha moment. So what choice do you have after partaking in a betrayal? As every time you sin, you crucify our Lord afresh. Repent. Today, as Pastor often reminds us, there are too many gummy bear Christians. Soft on the word of God, betraying Jesus and the Bible daily just to make people feel comfortable in sin. Again, sin is sin. Adultery, lying, fornication, stealing, murder, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And then trying to justify their choices, such as supporting a pride function because the laws of the land. We all want to just get along and sing, Kumbaya, my Lord. Sorry. That is just not reality for a true Christian in a relationship with God. Let me remind us all, we are not under law, we are under grace. We obey the law, but the ultimate obedience is to God and God's standard. The standard that began in Genesis and then man over a period of 2000 plus years has made a mess of God's standard. And just like I remind my little ones after the daily prayer, every day, when the school year started, we started the dance and we'll go straight through to summer. Our word of the year is obedience. And according to Merriam Webster, she defines the obedience as an act or instance of obeying the quality or state of being obedient. Children should learn obedience and respect for authority, a sphere of jurisdiction under the king's obedience. Who again is king of kings? 
Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to skip that one, says obedience to the Bishop of Rome, because he is not the King of Kings and he is not the Lord of Lords. And one day, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, including the Bishop of Rome. It is what it is. So, again, as we remind children daily to obey their parents, we all should obey our Father in heaven who created us. And look at that. Sadly, I'm on to point number three already. What? How, how did that happen? Okay. Point number three, the biggie. Choice, eternal destiny. Every choice has a definitive consequence. We make choices daily. Some are good, others are bad, but one choice is eternal. Where will you spend eternity? Heaven or hell? Choices. Honesty is a good choice, even if it means losing a friend. If you think you're going to lose a friend, just think about this song. As the song goes, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to our God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Off what needless pain to bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and tribulations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every, every, every. Did I say every? Did I say every? He knows your every weakness. Everybody I see on her, he knows it. Every weakness, take it to the Lord in prayer. I felt like that was the key. I stopped right there because we all fall short, but it's what you do when you fall short. What is the magnitude of your fall short anyway? Because if you're in a relationship with Jesus, your fall short shouldn't be right over the edge. I mean, you could tip, you know, we all have moments because we're still human. And we ain't in that perfected body yet. So when you do fall short, take it to the Lord in prayer. We know that lying is a bad choice. Deceitfulness to family, friends, others, we know that's a bad choice. But we know that sharing, caring with family and friends and others, that's a good choice. Because we know, we all know right from wrong. And as usual, this list can go on and on. But BFIs, none of those choices above mean anything compared to your eternal choice. Your eternal choice is the most important choice of your life. And you are not guaranteed to see tomorrow. Hence, I encourage all of you to make your calling and your election sure. Again, in preparation for this sermon, we had a dear friend, neighbor, pass away. I got used to seeing him every day. I, I thought he, look, truthfully, I thought he was a lot older than he was, and maybe this was natural, but it wasn't. 
He was only 61. The children loved him. We got used to see him going over the hill. Sometimes I would hide from him because he had this, this is the way he would say on it, Ms. Russell, Ms. Russell, Ms. Russell. How you doing, Ms. Russell? How you doing, Ms. Russell? And um, it used to get on my nerves some days, but it always made me smile because the one thing he was, he was the same every day. And he always asked about our parents. How's your parents doing? You know, and the children, they loved him. Sadly, we buried him yesterday. So you just don't know. You need to make your calling and your election sure. As Matthew 24, 36 tells us, but of that day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. And what this tells us is even Jesus doesn't know when his father will say to his son, go get my people, my bride, the church of the living God. Not all these other religions who are modern day Pharisees, but that is a sermon for another time. Church, family, friends, you do not have a crystal ball and only God knows the day and the hour. As Revelation 21, three through four tells us, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the order of things has passed away. Saints, I look forward to this day when we dwell with our Lord and Savior and not remember any of our loved ones who are in hell. I say it all the time because you can't pray nobody into heaven. So if one of my children was to pass away right now, I'm not preaching them into heaven after that real simple um, burial because I pray every day in that prayer, my daily prayer on my heart. I say it the right there that they would all come to know Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior before it is eternally too late. There will be no, I say it all the time, you know my sermons. There will be no how parties. There will be no shot, 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 shot. No, it won't. You'll be thirsty, 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 thirsty for a drink of water and you won't be able to get it. And there will be an abyss. I've dreamt this. There will be an abyss and it's just going to be you. And all you're going to see is this sermon playing over and over and over in your head. And you're going to say, my mama was right. And I'm going to be like, well, I didn't know her anyway, because I'm going to be up in heaven. And any person I'm going to know, my mama, my other sister, my sister, my daddy, you know, all these saints. So I won't have no memory of it. And thank God, oh, my baby that I lost. So, um, you know, I don't have that. I don't have that worry. But it is on my heart that, Lord, please don't come yet. Give them time. I know you're able. I know how long my mama prayed for me. And I'm a praying mother. So I'm carrying the legacy of my mother. I'm speaking for Diane. I'm, I'm speaking. So again, I offer you the sinner, Jesus. Repent. Go and sin no more. Let us spread the good news together. Win souls for the kingdom. So that many more can state that their eternal destiny is heaven. 
Heaven belongs to you if you live right. Heaven belongs to you. So church, God has spoken. So let us say, amen. Mm -hmm.